young woman dealing with a traumatic event from her past seeks vengeance from those who cross her path. Today, we're talking movies. We're talking Promising Young Woman, written and directed by Emerald Fennell, starring Carrie Mulligan, Alison Brie, and Bo Burnham. Chris, never fucking contact me again. <laughs> Is that your quote, or are you actually just telling me to do that? Because that seems like something... It's a little bit of both. <laughs> Uh, I, this is, this was a tricky one for me, but I'm going to go with who needs brains. They never, they never did a girl any good. Hey everybody. And welcome to another episode of how'd you like that movie tonight? We're going to be talking about the, I guess, groundbreaking film from 2020, Promising Young Women. And we have a special guest, actually our first guest that we've had on our show, award-winning writer, actor, and producer, and creator of the gender parody comedy series, Flip the Script, Allie Iceman. Hey, Allie, welcome to the show. Hello, humans. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Scott, you? Yeah, you know, living this COVID world. Uh, <laughs> living my best COVID life. <laughs> where, where, whereabouts in the U.S. are you, Allie? Um, I'm actually in Santa Monica, California. Oh, okay. I wanted to check. I didn't know if you were in Hollywood or Los Angeles, or I know you're an industry professional, so I didn't know if you were kind of hanging out in those areas. I'm Hollywood adjacent. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood adjacent. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so other than the, I mean, obviously we're going to, we're going to pitch some of your stuff in, in our social media, but what, is there anything you want to, you know, tell us about yourself before we actually get into this film? Sure. I mean, um, I, well, I'll just start by saying, I think this film is great. It very much aligns with the kind of work I like to do. I tend to, I mean, I think we have such a responsibility as storytellers to really shape the the culture that we want to see and really reflect, you know, hard to discuss topics. I think I work in comedy most especially because I think you can really deal with hard hitting topics and uncomfortable issues pretty directly. Um, as we can see in this dark comedy that we're going to be talking about today. So um, yeah, I'm really happy to be here with you guys. Excited to, to see what we get into. Yeah, we uh, when we were looking for guests, like I think you were kind of the perfect. We were super excited that you you agreed to come on the show because you were exactly the type of guest we were looking for. Because you could speak not just from the social justice issue, but you're in the industry, so you can you can talk about this as a filmmaker, also as an audience member. It was it was just like the trifecta. Yet again, you are a triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so you guys want to get into the show or? Let's do this. I, I, I suppose, yeah. Right. I stretched. I'm ready. All right, Scott, <laughs> uh, as usual, take us away. Okay. So it's been a couple of weeks since I've watched this. And to be honest, like, I haven't stopped thinking about this movie. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or are you going to quantify that? Like, it. it I guess the eaten words to use is this movie has haunted me like, and it's definitely going to get a, a bunch of fucking awards for sure. Right. Well, it's currently nominated for four golden globes, including best picture, best screenplay, best director and best actress. So. Oh yeah. My girl. <laughs> Actually, Ali, can I ask you something? Uh, do yeah. you prefer female actor or actress? Um, you know, I subscribe to the, when I go to the, the, you know, doctor I, I don't go to the doctress you know what I mean 100 like, I'm an actor um but at the same time I could never see them combining you know award sections to just be best actor for everybody like <laughs> because that creates more opportunity for performers so yeah. I, I I see why they do that 100 100 but yeah you're you're not gonna give that Oscar back when they give, give it to you for best actress you're gonna be like you know what no. I, can, I can I can let this one slide 
Well, and I'm interested to see too, if we're, as we're moving into more um, heavier discussions about like gender identity and everything, like how that's even going to affect it. Cause you know, best actor, best actress is still pretty binary. So it'll be interesting to see how that expands over time. Yeah, that's actually, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Especially like you said, as we move forward uh, progressively. Um, so Ali, why don't you give us your takeaway on the film? Again, you can talk whether it's yeah. about the social justice issue or the filmmaking aspects of it, your enjoyment level. Yeah. Well, we'll feed off you. Yeah. Well, I'll start. I say like, I, I really enjoyed this film. I really think it marches to the beat of its own drum, which I always appreciate and executed the subject matter so well. Like it really walked that fine line that, you know, dark comedy can kind of sometimes fail at it's a very delicate a delicate line and i think it was handled so well um and just like the meta irony of the variety article that came out about you know oh she was she's not hot enough to play this role or some bs i was like oh perfect so can we can i jump in there and i because uh i want to actually talk about that variety article with you specifically so i think that's a great jumping off point uh so scott you're you're and i think you and i have talked about this a bit yeah, basically, the Variety, uh, it was Dennis Harvey of Variety, mm-hmm. says, Mulligan, a fine actress, seems a bit of an odd choice as this admittedly many-layered apparent femme fatale. I also actually take a bit of exception of her being a femme fatale because in my my definition, and feel free for either one of you to kind of push back on this, to me, uh, a femme fatale is using seduction in order to uh, do some type of nefarious act, uh, murder you or something like that. Uh, in my, my my opinion, Carrie Mulligan's character is actually, if you were to just leave her alone, nothing bad would happen to you. It's your predatory actions on her that results in, and I don't want to spoil too much in the film, but the, 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 the result comes from your bad action, not her bad action. So again, I didn't think that even his um, comment on her being a femme fatale was accurate. But basically, yeah, she's she's not hot enough to be essentially sexually assaulted is that's that was my takeaway on the variety article How, how's everyone yeah. else feel about that that uh it's utterly insane <laughs> like, it blew my mind when i read that but i was also like fantastic let's get this conversation started thank you so much <laughs> i think she came back um eloquently and uh just as blatantly as she should have um it's you know an ongoing conversation right now it's like it's the same way that women on the red carpet get asked, you know, what are you, who are you wearing instead of, you know, how did you build this character? What, what about your craft? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's obnoxious, you know, and, and women being judged by their age or their looks as the first element of their performance is just so outdated at this point. Like, can we move on? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like women are allowed to age. Women are allowed to be, you know, brilliant artists. We are allowed to transform ourselves you know, we're, we're still in that age where I think, you know, people talk about certain roles like, oh, th- this was her ugly role because now she wants to get into like serious acting. And no one has ever said that about a male. Like it's, it's only actresses that have to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, typically male actors are just judged on the quality of the work. Yeah. And oh, look how he transformed himself. Not like, oh, he, he made himself ugly. Now, now he's really serious. <laughs> yeah, like Matthew McConaughey in the Dallas Buyers Club it was the transformation, yeah. not like, oh, you yeah. don't look as hot as you normally look. Yeah. Where's the abs, McConaughey? Come on. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are enjoying this film, both critics and audience alike. I mean, right now it's sitting at a 91% uh, critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes with an 88% from the audience, which considering the subject matter, uh, I think that's really good. I think that says a lot about the people who are going out and watching this this film. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be controversy, but uh, it seems like the controversy is minimized to the people who just don't want to, they don't want to see what this film is saying. And that's, even if you think you're nice, maybe you want to check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's very exciting to see how it's, how it's measuring up with audiences as well. Like I was, I was hesitant to see, but I'm very, I'm very tickled to see it doing well. Great. So let's talk about casting and Scott, feel free to jump in here. This is not a, this new, not a two way conversation. So. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's an a b conversation i'll just see my way out of it <laughs> wow that was very retro man <laughs> very 90s of you 90s. it's what i say to my kids all the time <laughs> yeah what do you guys think of the casting i like the casting like i like carrie mulligan um the, to be honest this is the first time i've ever seen the male lead Bo burnham other have you ever seen his comedy routine no i, I haven't like this is oh, the yeah, first i've ever ever heard of him Ali, as a as a as a as a comedy writer how how did you like his casting oh i i thought it was perfect he was so fuckingly adorable and like just like that perfect balance of you fall in love with him and then i don't want to give any spoilers but you know the turn or whatever the realization um just it just kills you you're you're rooting for them you know what i mean for her to finally find her match and just i thought they were perfectly cast um head to head they really balance each other really well well and it's very he basically played himself like when i i i went yeah. and watched some of his comedy routines and he very much does that kind of self-deprivating deprecating mm-hmm. deprecating humor right so yeah. self-deprecating humor yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes absolutely absolutely uh and i mean i i love carrie mulligan as an actor in general uh mm-hmm. i mean she's got uh she's a bafta winner oscar and tony nods uh, I really, man, I really like her in, in drive, which is one of my favorite movies yeah. and shame, uh, for, for mm-hmm. those who haven't seen it, uh, that's McQueen's work and it's fantastic mm-hmm. with Fassbender. Amazing, amazing work. So, uh, I thought she was perfectly cast for, I, I also, I don't, I don't agree that she's not hot enough, even just on a hot scale. She's a beautiful, beautiful person. If you yeah. even want to have that conversation. So, well, we just know that reporter has bad taste. On yeah, and I, you know, he tried to do a follow-up, and kind of his two things were, A, he, he tried to be like, I'm gay, so I can't, obviously I'm not making <laughs> this comments. I can't do anything wrong, yeah. And cool. two was like, oh, well, nobody called me out at the time. It's like, yeah, because nobody except some critics had seen the film. Like, And <laughs> Carrie, it wasn't until, I believe, the New York Times asked her about it that she commented. So, yes, be- before anyone saw it or heard about the uh, about your comment, nobody had any comment yeah. for it. So you are correct, yeah. sir. It's a- if a bear shits in the woods and no one's around to see it, is it still taking it on? Yes. <laughs> That's what you did, man. Exactly. Um, and, you know, from a, so like I said, we've talked about, like, the critics of looking and, and the audience approval rating. But, I mean, so I couldn't find the actual budget, but I've got uh, a quote from uh, Fennel saying, it's a very, very low budget movie that was shot in 23 days. So I pegged it at probably, what, under $5 million? Yeah, I would say. I would say that. So it's all, go ahead. I love that budget range. I was just going to say, I love that budget range because I feel like you can feel the film more, if that makes sense. Like 
that's really like filmmaking at its best, figuring things out. I mean, it sounds crazy, right? Like $5 million is a lot of money, but when you start adding everything up for a production and, you know, it's just, it's, it, it adds up quickly. So I really thought, um, it really felt gritty to me in that way. Um, I, I mean, I just, I'm just like two days away from finishing post-production on a short film that I did and it's $6,000 for six minutes is what it's cost us. All done. So I, I told, when I look at this film and I see a $5 million budget, I'm like, these people worked, bitch. You know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. it's cause it's beautiful. Like the color grading, the cinematography, mm-hmm. the, the fact that you have all these A-list actors, you have, you know, Marco Robbie or Mar- sorry, Margot Robbie's uh, production co- company, Lucky Chap mm-hmm. Entertainment on board. Like this, these are heavy hitters. Like this is a big deal. Yeah. So 5 million bucks in that short time frame, like these guys were really pulling it, pulling it out. But it's already made seven million dollars in box office yeah. during a pandemic. So yes, that's great. I love that. I mean, it goes to show you, like when you have a fantastic story and you have a really solid script, you bring you bring in the talent. And obviously, you know, having certain privileges within the entertainment industry, based on family or whatever else, definitely helps. But that doesn't mean you don't work hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Scott, man, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been, I, I've watched this film like five times and I was so excited. Uh, I'm, I'm hijacking our podcast again. So Scott, jump in here, man, okay. jump in here and, and do some talking. I'm going to have some water. <laughs> well, for me, I know you guys are saying like, it's a dark comedy and stuff like that. Like I found it more like a modern take on a Greek tragedy, like Carrie Mulligan's performance, mm. like her Cassandra, um like her whole journey from beginning to end was like fucking heartbreaking for me and like not spoilers but i honestly felt cheated the way this movie yeah yeah oh yeah yeah that really run me dry yeah yeah like i could like i was waiting for the twist i was waiting for like the the sixth sense move like oh shit (laughs) right like all of a sudden she's coming with the cops or something like that like i was waiting for that there's no way yeah Yeah. like and uh, the way that final scene kind of ended not uh, like um in terms of what happened to her like how long they panned on it like again that like killed me the whole time well i have a thought on that um Mm -hmm. i think well to me at least the messaging of that was like in the current society that we have in this race culture that we have nobody wins nobody gets out that's what the message that's what that kind of communicated to me you know what i mean that's a that's a very interesting point again so that because we you we we feel like we know where that story arc is supposed to go but it doesn't mm-hmm. because it's 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 mimicking real life exactly yeah i thought that it was such a strong choice and of course like audience member me was like no don't cheat me out of my warm fuzzies um but like filmmaker human being was like fuck yeah like sit with that everyone who watches this sit with that you know what i mean that's the conversation started yeah um it's yeah go ahead scott no no go ahead chris uh you so i'm gonna i'm gonna this i think this is a good time for me to throw my every episode when i put my quote in so i've got uh peter Tra- uh peter Tra- travers from abc news in filmmaker uh emerald Fennell, uh, fennel's diabolically funny takedown of toxic masculinity carrie mulligan gives a dynamic performance that should make her a front runner in the oscar race for best actress uh ali do you think Actually, Ali, why don't you give us a give us your top two or three Oscar picks for best female actor or actress this season? 
Oh shit, I thought you were gonna say that. I'm so behind on all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do I do agree with that quote though, absolutely. So, so she's she would be on she would be on your mind. list for sure? Absolutely. Like it's such a it's such a hot topic right now to make it so lived in and identifiable and personal and specific like she did. I mean that that's you know, tour de force. That's that's an amazing job well done. You know what I mean? Because it could easily have been an archetype. Absolutely. And Absolutely. She made it very specific. Um, and I, you know, I definitely want to give a shout, shout out to some of the other people. So, uh, Laverne Cox, uh, who played Gail, yeah. uh, you know, fantastic on Orange and the New Black, huge LBGTQ plus activist. Uh, I believe she's mm-hmm. the first trans person to be nominated for a primetime Emmy and the first to win a daytime Emmy. Like that's a, that's a big, big, big move. And she was also great in this film. Mm-hmm. Oh no, she was great. And I think something, I don't want to make this a conversation point because it sort of defeats its purpose, but. I'm excited to see that we're moving away from trans actors um, portraying characters where their whole storyline is about that experience. As important as it is to explore that experience and have those conversations as well, it's nice to see that she just got to play this awesome character, (laughs) like this awesome human being doing her thing. Yeah, well, because I mean, let's be honest, in real life, like we're all just people going about doing our lives. Mm -hmm. We're not playing a role... um, that's assigned to us based on anything. So yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, and actually, I mean, I love Alison Brie. If, if you haven't seen glow, any of our listeners, if you haven't <laughs> seen glow, cause you think like, Oh, it's going to be go watch that fucking show. Go, go watch fucking glow. It's it is so like, good. you will binge the fucking shit out of it. Uh, I'm going to throw in all my expletives now because, uh, I feel like <laughs> I've been very calm and composed on the show. Uh, but seeing her be that kind of shitty character, yeah. I was like, Cause she always, I mean, in that both in Madman and Community and in Glow, like she's a she generally plays like a, a like a nice person, and not that her character is bad, but just seeing that other side, I think she she did a fantastic job. Yeah, there's, um, I agree. Like playing against type like that was amazing. Have you seen um, Happiest Season, which oh. she's in as well? It oh, came out not. this year. Oh yeah, check it out. It's her and um, uh, it's a it's a really specific, it's a Clea Duvall film she wrote and directed. And um, Christian Stewart is one of the leads, and it's a it's a new take on a like sort of typical Christmas movie, and that in that the two leads are two lesbians. Oh, gotcha! And Alison Brie goes against her type in that um, film as well, and it was that was actually my first time seeing her kind of play like a snobbish, uptight character, and I was like, oh, Carol, girl, you got this. Okay, <laughs> like this is fun. Um, but yeah, it's another great example of of her playing against type for sure. I will. I will definitely check that out. I had heard about uh, Kristen Stewart. Or it's Kirst, it's Kristen Stewart, not Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart's. Uh, uh, that was a holiday film. It came out, I think, this Christmas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody. What's what's your favorite scenes? I want to talk. I want to talk about some of the film aspects now. Oh man. Come on! It's a, it's full of like neon and like these fucking amazing like that that the establishing love, shots like. I love this. I mean. It's like decadent, but I just, I love the scenes where the moments where she just like snaps into sober, just like the look on the guy's face yes. and just like, cause I know what you're saying with like, you know, femme fatales are supposed to, you know, inflict physical damage onto their victims or whatever. And like, you know, who's motivating the action and everything, but the emotional trauma of that experience for those guys, hopefully, you know, pivots their life trajectory after that point, fundamentally changing them. But I just love, there's so much power in that in that shift in those scenes and just 
perfect. Watch them just start shitting their pants. <laughs> well, instead, like that one that's in the trailer with the aerial shot where the the eyes yeah. open, and like you yep. really get a sense of like the lucidness of the character. I asked you, mm-hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Scott? You got a, fi- a favorite scene? I do. Uh, mine is when she goes to go visit uh, Bo at the hospital before she finds like before the mm-hmm. the twist and then she, he's like oh we can go and she's like oh, don't you have to work he's like no that kid got cancer like he's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing i can do just like the dry thing and then just like no shit i'm, I'm just kidding my shift's over right so i i mean i've got more kind of like your standard nerd film person stuff uh i mean i love the pharmacy scene <laughs> with uh paris hilton playing over the editing back and forth and they're singing back and forth is like it's so awesome and again i really love the the color scheme units in this film with the like really saturated colors and the neons and or sorry it's not it's undersaturated it's very bright um but also even just the way they use a lot of uh, close-ups so for example uh, there's a scene where she's in front of kind of like a blue wall molding behind her and they did a lot of framing shots where it's like she's in the center i know this sounds pretty obvious but like she's in the center and there's all kinds of space head space and space to the left and right of her which really frames her out so beautifully mm. uh and then obviously the music of this film right like you oh, know britney yeah. spear that orchestra version of toxic oh my god fantastic so so juicy like all the creative elements of this film there's so much to chew on <laughs> so good um yeah all in all i think this is a a fantastic film i've been recommending it to everyone uh it's beautiful to watch it's scored beautifully it has a very hitchcockian feel with the the score Mm -hmm. the music supervision is great um i i i highly recommend it and i don't think i really have anything else to say about this film uh what about you guys go see it go see it (laughs) go see it and have important conversations laugh cry do all the things Scotty? Yeah, I would agree. I'd say this is the one time that all those words in a trailer that says groundbreaking, mind provoking, <laughs> actually applies to a movie. <laughs> so, so, yeah, definitely go watch it. So, Allie, before you leave, I got one more question for you. And then I want to make sure you yeah. pitch us all your social media, what, 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 our, what our listeners should do, is, and go check it out. So, if you <laughs> listen to our episode on Sofia Coppola, you might have heard Scott really pushing back on me because I, 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 I definitely laid heavy into the being a Coppola. And, mm-hmm. you know, with this film, uh, Fennel, you know, she's a, the writer, director. She's a she was a showrunner, all these things. But she also comes from a really prestigious family. Like her dad went to Eton. Mm-hmm. She went to Cambridge. Do you think that's like, first off, do you think that we should be making those comments about filmmakers, male or female in general? And then after that question, do you think like this is kind of this is a symptom of our society where for women to get ahead, they've got to be, you know, the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah, I mean, it's or married to a, you know, preeminent director, which happens constantly. Um, But it's an important conversation to have because it's a reality. There's massive nepotism in this industry. I I like to say you're either born into it or you buy into it. Mm. Um, And it's a very real thing. That being said, absolutely, there's exceptions, but the you know stats behind that aren't <laughs> uplifting. Um, it's a tough thing because you know 
when you grow up, you know, growing up around artists is such a privilege and being able to follow in their footsteps, it's amazing. And they definitely, I think that there's a lot of privilege inherent in, you know, coming from a film industry family. Again, that being said, doesn't mean they're not working hard also. Like it, it takes a lot to put together a film and that needs to be acknowledged. Privilege doesn't mean everything's easy. It means it's definitely easier, definitely easier. Um, but are we going to like tear down all of our heroes because of the circumstances they're born in? Am I jealous? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, it's a reality of, of uh, most industries, quite frankly. Like it's not just entertainment. I think it's the most obvious maybe in entertainment, but it happens everywhere. 100%. Great answer. Scott, you want to say anything on that before uh, before I get out of here? No, it was what I was saying before on uh, Sofia Coppola episode some she it might have got her in the door but it's not what kept her in the door right at one point you have to you have to define their work by their work not by who their parents okay. are 100 exactly. all right alec give us your uh give us all your social and stuff and thank you very much for coming on our show my pleasure you guys um yeah you can follow me on all the things i'm just ali eisman or at ali eisman a-l-l-y-i-s-e-m-a-n Instagram, Twitter. Um, oh, on Facebook, it's official Ali Eisman because uh, I'm very official. Um, and uh, yeah, you can uh, check me out, check out some of my future work at my website, which is just AliEisman.com. And uh, you know, I'll see you guys around. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Ali. Thank oh, one so more much. thing. Are, have you thought about throwing your Flip the Script stuff on your Instagram? Yeah, I've thought about it technically um, because I produced it in partnership with Women in Film. I believe technically they own the rights. So it's a con- conversation I need to have with them. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully, I'd, I'd like to be able to share it. You can see it on YouTube, um, on a, a playlist on my channel. So, awesome. Maybe it would be easy to put on Instagram. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Allie. Thanks for coming out. Thank you so All much. All right. Thank you, guys. Stay safe out there. You too. You too. And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. sure rod is putting that in the the end clip right where she just kind of like pops her back in it pops her head but back that's in the move, that's the movie moment i wanted in that movie when you're just like man she was awesome and then she just comes out like yeah motherfuckers <laughs> i got you and i got you production by rod shaver vader monkey productions